I said, what you know about it? It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. I'm Jason Stewart. Andre Conaparo, say hello. Hi. Right into that mic, baby. Right in. Give me that voice in the mic. Hi. We have a rare third host, Stewie. Make some noise. Making some noise. Chris Stewart is in the building. My brother, the the fly-by-night co-host of this show who just pops in willy-nilly whenever it feels good to him, apparently. That's how he likes to operate. Uh We should have had a soundboard for his introduction, to be honest. Like, what kind of sound would it be? Like, tires screeching? A little air horn, but, I mean, you know better than me. (laughs) Like, back the chup up. Beep, beep, I I guess I do know more about air horns than you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And we we do Good have a guys. we have a guest a fourth member. There's four mics on the studio today. Richard Parks the third in the building. What's up? By request. Thank you, Thank you guys for having uh, me. Thanks for coming back. Thank yes. you for coming, Stewie. I'm glad because it's been a while since you've been on, on the pod. The only reason why he's here is because you suggested it, and I was like, oh yeah, I have a brother who does this podcast too. I hate you both. <laughs> in fact, uh, I think that we had a big name chef that was bounced. In order to yeah. make room yeah. for Chris Stewart That's right. on the show uh-huh. today. No yeah. one cares about him. Because uh, you you co-wrote the cookbook uh, for Gorilla Tacos yes. with, uh, with Wes. Did you think? Yes, I did. With Wesley Avila. Gorilla. Wow. Thank you very much. The hardest part was writing all the recipes myself. Yeah. <laughs> and coming up with them yes. and We're gonna get the into name. That. We're going to get into all of that. Um, how you developed all of those dishes for him. And you guys... Took a look at the book as well, right? We did, and I saw uh, that Skrillex was the first person who was listed on the uh, what are those called? Thank the, yous, dust jacket, blurbs, oh. blurbs. Oh. oh no, he had something nice to say about it, right? Yeah, Skrillex is a big fan of the food, Quotes. and yeah, actually, he's investing in Wes's brick and mortar restaurant. Oh, really? That I think I can so. say that. Oh, can you no. talk about investors? Sure. The stew exclusive. We're always going to say yes. Again, soundboard moment. <laughs> really bad. Foghorn. <laughs> Logistics. <laughs> um, yeah. So we decided that it would be better if just you were here, even Thank you. though Sorry, you're Wes. not as famous as him, <laughs> right? And you don't have this gorilla taco company that is beloved worldwide. Um, known for creating really forward-thinking, interesting food items all on a tortilla. That's right. We call those tacos. You know, uni, <laughs> sweet potatoes, weird shit like that. You've eaten the food, right? Squid ink something, you know? Squid ink? He's done squid ink, really? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, he has a good breakfast <laughs> But he's known burrito, for doing, like, sick-ass, amazing tacos. Interesting. People call them fancy tacos, I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, it comes from so an funny. authentic, like, interesting like, place where... He has this background as like a guy who grew up second generation Mexican American in Pico Rivera. Pico Rivera. Got into fine dining. Uh, between those two things, he drove a forklift. Right. And he like got into fine dining. One we day could have done the math up. when you said Pico Rivera. You know Pico <laughs> Rivera, so yeah. I mean, <laughs> had you ever, have you been to Pico Rivera? See, si. 
Oh, really? I mean, I haven't spent a ton of time there, but I'm... Uh, that's where the Kylons Stu- are from, right? Stewie and I are SoCal natives, so we, we definitely the- know about the California's gold yeah. known as Pico Rivera. What are, what are the Kylons? Anthony and, um, and Alvin. Oh, there's a family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kylon, oh, Kylon, oh, Kylon. Oh, yeah, the Exlut guy. Yeah, they're from Pico Rivera. He's a brother. That's where they from. Exlut, it's this restaurant, also beloved, kind of like Gorilla Tacos, but like they're known for... fancy sandwiches. Yeah, you could say it's like fancy breakfast sandwiches. They're known as fancy sandwiches. Um, yeah, and they've recently been like what is franchised. They have a couple more locations <laughs> than Gorilla Tacos. Really riding this wave. Wine sommelier, I think more so beverage director. He's, huh. yeah. yeah, he's like a. He doesn't have his sommelier license, okay. but he's like a. But should he be. should like he is. he's he is. But yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like a at, renegade um, sommelier at the oyster place at um, the Hayden Hayden. At, Hayden oysters. Okay. Would you call a chef platform. who didn't go to CIA a renegade chef? Richard Parks. Oops. Oops. <laughs> kind of makes you think, doesn't Eating it? Out of turn. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that those guys were from Pico Rivera. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they were doing dirt too. They're probably about the same age as Wes too. No. Really? Younger? Maybe. Older? Might be. You? I think Alvin's younger than us. Wes looks. A, Wes looks older. He's got a little gray in his hair. Yeah, so do you. I do. But that's like... That's, yeah, I have a little bit more than he that's does. That's part of your branding at this point, I would say. You gotta embrace it. I think, you know... Two it, gray boys. I would call myself a millennial, but the gray hair makes me a renaissance man. <laughs> it makes you... answer. You're a, re, you're a renaissance a, fair man, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It adds like a little steampunk flavor that works nicely with I'm you. I'm so glad Wes is not here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Whenever... But I really... But, we only have four mics, so I was like, let's have Richard right. on because he's our friend and we're going to like him. And sure, I'm sure he'll Wes- come down to our level, whereas right, right, right. with Wes. But I always feel like when you have somebody on who did something, then you kind of just have to talk about that. And sometimes, right. you know, I just want it to be real. Just, just, uh, just Daddy. friends talking. You guys talking. have been having like sh- chefs on, though. Yeah, we have. It's different having a chef on than another type <clears throat> of guest, like a writer. Right. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't you would, say? Yeah. What do you think the differences are? I feel like it de- it varies person to person, but I think depending on again the personality, it, chef can be really focused on their food, and and because of that, because the drive and the, the the necessity of of how much effort it takes to do what they do, I think sometimes they may not necessarily be accustomed to talking socially and kind of yeah. like. Yeah, a lot of them are doing a microphone and kind of they riffing. It's like, you know, they if you engage them about their food, it's great content, but as far as just like mm. kind of yeah, they're back up like for goofing. A yeah. They're exactly. they they they're they're doing the work, that work because that's what they like to do and they they don't have the media training perhaps. And it's not every time. But yeah, I I, like I mean, seconds. I think it's a more common occurrence than you get somebody who's got a background in Writing or photography or anything else. They're used else to talking or, to people. Yeah, or they get out of, like, that, yeah, out of the kitchen and talk. Yeah, yeah. They're they're less kind of like in the caves. Yeah, but you guys have been doing more chef guests, right? Yeah, we have. Well, we're just guests in general. Yeah, you know. But I don't think we're gonna have any guests on here who are like not somewhat involved in food somehow, even just like a super fan, unless they're like very famous. Then sure, come on down. Talk about fucking Taco Bell. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Drop those numbers. So, yeah, I wanted to open it up. If Garbanzo Bean was the name of a city, what state would it be in, you guys? Holy hell. 
Probably somewhere in the south. That's where there are a lot of Bonsabine. a lot of good names down there. Interesting that you would do go I, south. Wow. Do we have to answer this question? Isn't there that <laughs> small city in Northern California that's been privately owned? Like it's kind of near the border, I think. Oh. Of Oregon. Yeah, it's like it was owned, and it's oh, it was like a sit. It's like an actual designated city in California, but it was owned by somebody by a commune in the seventies. And recently, I heard that was bought and being turned into a theme park. But like, oh yeah, and it has some weird designation. I don't know what it means to be a city, but it is a city, and it can be bought outright. So I could picture like something kind of northwest willy goofiness, like somebody just buying a city and calling oh, it Garbanzo. Cool. I like that. So that garbanzo would be the, bean. the silly garbanzo bean. The bean is everything. Garbanzo bean city. I don't have that bean in there. I don't feel like it's a huge stretch to go from garbanzo to garbanzo bean. It's let's define our terms. It's yeah. so so. It's such a big step. Garbanzo could just the be difference anything. between a city in Peru and and a crazy lima bean. A, a crazy it's a yeah. person's. Yeah, Could adding be like bean a, to it adds a much a, higher level of difficulty. We're going to keep moving, though, you guys. The bean plant is from there. Yeah, I, I didn't want to talk the, about the number it's, one item for discussion yeah. on the list. Yeah, that's just the way that sure, I yeah. like to start every podcast off with just a dumb, fun thing like that, just to get the okay. mood nice. And and, uh, and it's the first time he's done that. And yeah, and for listeners, that. he just tore up all his notes because that was all he had. <laughs> just it just said garbanzo <laughs> bean city question mark. This is this is not an open mic, and that's it. That's all he's got. <laughs> It's quiet for me you right now. You guys see a new Blade Runner? What's going on? Nah. <laughs> I heard it's a long one. Yeah. Long one, huh, guys? Slow. Bring snacks. Ooh, have you guys seen Dunkirk? Yeah, you got to go in the theater. <laughs> Enough. Um, okay, so you, you, you're you, one of the guys. There's a few guys I've noticed in town who are like people that they reach to fellows like you or women to help them write a cookbook. Right. Um, Noah Galutin, who's been on the show before. He's done that for a couple of cookbooks, right? Oh, he's written some? Yeah, well, like co-written. <clears throat> Jeremy Fox. He did book. Jeremy Fox's book, and I think he did a couple other ones. Do you know him? I feel like you guys... I've never met him, no. You guys ever fought. <laughs> yeah, that was Who would win in a knife fight? And we'll never meet. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I've never met him. You know, I think we know people in common. Apparently, <laughs> three guys who are sitting right here and some <laughs> others, maybe. You um, should fight him. Yeah. No, I, I would yeah, definitely. He'll, he'll totally kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, has this has this been going on forever? Have people always hired other people to co-write the cookbooks? I think I think just I until think they've always gotten credit. Yeah, 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 I think I think recently it's I see it popping up where people are getting the credit for it. Yeah, I don't I don't know the history of that. I mean, I mean, in the case of of this one, like Wes insisted that I take credit for the book just because like that's the type of guy that he is. He's a good fella. That wasn't necessarily a part of the deal like when we went into it, but um, you know, I think it worked great and I convinced him to do some things that he otherwise wouldn't. And um, yeah, like he just wanted my name on the cover and he actually insisted that I use not just Richard Parks, but Richard Parks the yeah. third because as he told me, everybody is named Richard Parks. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's I kind actually of a, kind of a good point. That's yeah, very funny. Yeah, because there is a famous Welsh rugby star named Richard yeah. Parks. He's gone on to do a lot of like great charity work, and he has the Guinness World Record for climbing the seven highest peaks in the world in the shortest amount of time. Whoa! It's then impressive. there's 
the guy who has richardparks.com, who owns a furniture store in Maine. <laughs> I visited. It was closed, so I didn't get to meet him. <laughs> Where in Maine, though, real quick? I think it's Ellsworth, Maine. Okay. It's like right off the highway. It's not uh, really. I know, I know Maine. I know, I know Maine really well. Oh, no, so it's I was Ellsworth, just Bean, Maine. Oh, Bean, uh, Maine. Bean, Maine. It's Bean, Maine forever. Um, <laughs> And then there's also Richard Parks, the literary agent in upstate New York, for whom I've gotten emails. Yes. When I was like 21, because I was working at McSweeney's and like I had written something for the McSweeney's website. Humble brag. I got, uh, yeah. I was interning at McSweeney's, pardon me. I was not working there. Who wasn't? Um, I got an email for Richard Parks, the literary agent, and it was like from this guy. He's like, I'm putting together this collection of like, like uh, stories about like authors who grew up sort of in like dealing with the internet age and like, we would love to approach you about Jonathan Franzen's involvement. Like, what do you think of this idea? Please get back to us. And I was like, and it was Franzen while you're at McSweeney. Like, I was like, I think it's a great idea for Jonathan Franzen to be, <laughs> and uh, I am 19 years old. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> hey, can me- I meet him? Is your response. <laughs> it's a great idea. Hey, can I meet him? I don't know, but if you do that, can I come? There's a Mississippi science fiction writer. Uh, when, when I wrote what? my first uh, article for a national magazine in the Oxford American Magazine, um, humble brag, humble brag, an intern at the magazine filled in my bio, and he had just Googled like Richard Parks writer, uh, and, and so it was like Richard Parks has written like 37 like self-published uh, science fiction books incredible. down on the bio. He lives with his cats, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it has caused some. Still confusion. doesn't recognize Missouri as a state. <laughs> but my name is actually Richard Hill Parks the Third. But if you use that, you're just asking to be. Yeah, I just love the phrase. That's a pants and Mississippi sure. science fiction writer. <laughs> yeah. Our mom gets that sometimes with the uh, Kristen Stewart. She gets because uh, it's K Stew twenty two. Is oh yeah, a lot of her emails and things. Sorry, mom. Uh, Did you just give out our mom's email address? She's very nice, uh, <laughs> or whatever. It's not that. It's I swear, it I'm sure. I'm sure she would love to get some emails from and some Stew listeners. That's, that's not. That's her gram handle anyway. Uh, so she gets messages all the time. Just people like hoping that that is. Kristen Stewart. Wait, is like, Mississippi like fan emails all the time? Is Mississippi science fiction just believing in climate change? <laughs> oh, that's good. Come on, is I like it, it for the third time. Just today, believing that soundboard, just not spitting when Darwin's name is mentioned. Is right. Mississippi science fiction? Shout to all of our listeners in Mississippi. I've been there many times. You've you've dipped in the sip. Oh yeah, it's a great place. How's the food done? It's fried. We live it's in a, a big great country. place. It's the food, fried. The food is great, fried, big and it's everywhere. And they're all different. I don't know how long writers have been working with chefs. I have no idea in that way. Uh, but it comes up a lot um, for me, and usually it just doesn't work out for one reason or another. But I think a chef will get a cookbook in this day and age a lot of the time through an agent. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, with Wes, he was approached by an agent who basically packaged some materials, kind of came up with the loose concept for the book, and you know included a lot of great press clippings because he had all those because his food's great and he was yeah. like buzzed about, and sold it. And then it was like, oh, now we have to write it. So like, we'll get a writer to take care of that part for you. I think was maybe a little mm-hmm. bit of the sell. Yeah. Um, but in his case, he did always want to do a book, um, but also you know he likes working with people. He likes giving people a lot of agency. So. Um, mm-hmm. It worked out nice. But I don't know how long that goes back. I wonder, but like in, in the world of like many, many chefs doing many, many cookbooks, and they're very busy, and they're always trying to start another concept or whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I, think, I think maybe more back in the day, uh, there was a difference between a cookbook writer and right. then like a chef restaurant chef. Right. And, yeah. and now it's just, 
if you're if you have any type of fame or notoriety, you get a cookbook. Yeah. yeah, and it's probably gonna suck. One with Gorilla Tacos menu that changes every day. You yeah, know, run on a cart by at maximum three people in the kitchen. Usually two, is sometimes one, mm-hmm. uh, especially when they were starting. And he's not writing anything down. You know, so like when I came on, he oh. had he had this book always like, write it down, Wes. Well, but I mean, I think in you know a lot of like older restaurants or old yeah. model restaurants, you will have like the recipe book, and there's like you know your whole brigade is like learning every step. Uh, in the case of Gorilla Tacos, it's like more of an oral tradition, perhaps. Um, and, you know, more improvisatory. A little, bit more, a little bit less. Yeah, exactly. I like using the word brigade, too. Thank but you. I'll, but I the think I'm a food baby. writer, so. Nah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Food, I like it. They have food sithorses. <laughs> but also, <laughs> if you've got a restaurant, Flavor you're doing bubble. kind of a yeah. recipe book. Or, I mean, for the back of the house, it's like the idea is because you're not there seven days a week. And right. then you have a taco truck, you have a food truck, you have mm-hmm. a small business. You're going to be there eight days a week. Like you, the idea mm-hmm. of not working seems like a complete fantasy for yeah, you know years. You have out. to be the sole employee, yeah. or, or you won't make money. Yeah. yeah. And because he's that busy, it made a lot of sense for him to have a writer working on it. In any case, you know, to have somebody do all the work. Eh, I'm not going to say. How many anymore. recipes are in there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Have you read the book? We were on the hook for... You've been meaning to check it out, I'm We were sure. on the hook for 70 to 90, and yeah, I, I yeah. think that we really? were on the low end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, you know, like, there's, like, salsas are recipes, you know, sure, like, yeah. like each salsa. That counts as a half in my book. Well, I mean, no. we have a, Salsa's not easy to make. His salsas are pretty complex. <laughs> I mean, they can be. No, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. I just hate it when you look in a cookbook and you're like, damn, 100 recipes, good job. And it's like, uh, rice. aioli. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I, if it's good, you need a recipe for it. That's true. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with it. Good aioli I, recipe. I totally think that they should be in there. All I'm saying, half credit. <laughs> half credit. Yeah. If, there's, if there's 10 sauce recipes in there... That's five recipes total. <laughs> if we have to put a number to it. No, a lot Which of ours had a, like, a lot of sub-recipes, though, like for real. Like, like the pig head taco recipe, for example, is like not a very – it's not a weeknight meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, tons of different sub-recipes. His food's pretty – I mean – It is complex. And you can do like a lot of the salsas. Like they get prepped and made and like they carry over to the next day and it makes sense for the truck. But, you know, like if it's all made, you know, to order for like a dinner party or whatever, it's like a little bit of more mm-hmm. of a time commitment maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just remembered using a, a meat grinder to make salsa. It's, good. it's pretty efficient. Mm-hmm. A meat grinder. A meat grinder. Yeah, it, gets it, it gets it real soft. You get the good – What are you putting of, through that? Just all the ingredients, like Any your ingredient. tomatoes garlic, and jalapenos onion. and garlic. That's how you and do onion. it quick huh. and in mass. And instead of just blasting it all or using a food processor, it's like a really you, good way you, of doing it. It allows you to break everything down and mix it, but also keep some texture and uh, chunkiness to it, some right. rustico feel. Huh. So it's not just a homogenous sauce. I like to hand hand tear each. <laughs> do you crush the tomatoes? Like, like in your hand, Like yeah, Batali yeah, style? Yeah, I, I do that, yeah. I, I, I was watching a, uh, an old Batali on YouTube. Sometimes I'll watch. I've f- done that recently food myself. Videos on yeah. YouTube, and it, and it was like Michael Stipe, special guest on Molto Mario, like full episode, rare two thousand two or something like that. I was like, okay, that's cool. Michael Stipe 
doesn't say a single word that's in what the I entire love about episode. Those. It's yeah. so funny. It's like the most famous get for 1993. <laughs> it's like RuPaul, Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> and like, you know, Chris Novoselic, and like nobody says anything. <laughs> is, that the, like, is that where there's three people sitting at a counter exactly. and he's yeah. cooking? Is Mario. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Michael said just sat there for 20 the minutes. I want, like, I want the only thing for him to say at the very end is like, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> and then like credits roll. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been digging into those a little bit. I don't actually. eat meat. You smoke, smoke a little weed and watch some old vids on YouTube? No, maybe when I'm feeling like you do now. Got it. Yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. If you just want to veg out, yeah, some, exactly. old, some old telly. Exactly. Did you ever watch The Frugal Gourmet? I was just mm-hmm. thinking about revisiting that. Sure. Sure. I always like that word. All on the tube? The, the the phrase frugal gourmet is really ingrained in my mind. There's all kinds of random old cooking shows that come up on Twitch. There's like a cooking show oh, yeah, channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were watching that? Damn, I always forget to watch that. But frugal gourmet is one of them in rotation, and they're, they're, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to the scheduling. They just like throw on huge blocks of shows, and the way they throw it on too is like, I don't know where they're getting the tapes. But it'll have like 45 seconds of black in between episodes, or it'll have color bars. Mm-hmm. So I think they've just got like 12 hour rounds from old PBS stations that they're oh, just yeah. like throwing in. Yeah. Um, but there's ones going back to like the 70s that are like great chefs of New Orleans, yeah. where yeah. they've got like all these chefs that really don't speak English that well. And they're kind of, they have like voiceover narration from a, a very PBS like 70s sounding woman saying what the chef's doing and once in a while he'll throw a few words out. Raw daddies. But it's, what's really interesting is like... Clean the peppers. It is a, it's a time way before celebrity and way before any kind of chef worship. So it's like, it's really kind of about these dishes and it's nothing about who these people are and they have no phrases or signature, like, you know, like there's, there's absolutely removed from any of that any kind of personality or branding it's just literally filming somebody in back of the house in a restaurant cooking a dish that at the time was kind of like couture and, and mm-hmm. like foreign and exciting mm-hmm. and you hear it's just like it's like a lot of like peach it's so loud you hear flambe. like dishes clanking in For the sure. background it's like this old house but with food well, you said it, brother. Um, <laughs> if are we were really dating ourselves on but there's, <laughs> those, we are also, older than you thought we were. <laughs> there's an Italian chef that I, I've never even heard of that had like a bunch of that had a, a bunch of episodes that are like the worst cooking shows I've ever seen. <laughs> where it's and this is has to be like late '90s, early 2002, where it wasn't like. It wasn't because of a time period. Mm-hmm. There was one episode I watched a few minutes of where like, he was very obviously sponsored by Vitasoy. And he just kept like, talking Vitasoy. about like He kept it's grabbing the Vitasoy word. box and moving it closer to the camera and talking about like, Vitasoy all the time. <laughs> and never once mentioned said soy milk. It was always Vitasoy soy milk. And it was just like, wait, this is PBS. Like, what's going on? <laughs> this is horrible. The Vitasoy guys great. were like, it's yeah. going to be like Kleenex. Like, people are only going to call yeah, it Vitasoy. That's, it. that's yeah. like when they have that's commercials on Hulu. Am I right, guys? That's right. Same thing. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I watched one of those great chefs, and it was like a young Bobby Flay explaining how he makes like his red pepper sauce or something like yeah. that. And he's just like sweaty, nervous, shaking, like doesn't do anything. Just like, and then we had it. It'd be like 1981 Bobby Flay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's just like cameras. Young ass boy. What? Mm. Mm. 
81. So yeah, take a trip down memory lane if you guys have YouTube. <laughs> and men- mental note, watch that show, 24 hours of old cooking shows on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It'll be my first time twitching. There you go. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> Twitch is a website where people yeah, live stream stuff. Okay. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Mostly you, video, video games, games, but like you can do... You can do anything. It'll be like we're gonna watch like uh, World Cup finals, or they'll just some guy will have it broadcasting, or some fucking burnout in the middle of nowhere will just be blowing glass pipes. Definitely Ah. check out the glass or like an open Ah. gas flame with absolutely no safety concerns whatsoever. Like, Mm -hmm. like (laughs) the best. Go watch Twitch; it's great. Do yourself a favor and check out some glass. Watch some dreads catch fire while this guy's not paying attention. Watching his chat. What? My hair's on fire? Shit, shit. All right, hold on. I'm muting my mic. Mm. Okay, so are you writing recipes in this book? Or are you just are you doing the writing writing? Are you helping get the measurements worked out? All that, yeah. Like you're just, all you're the, doing all of that. All the writing stuff and, yeah. Testing. I mean, we didn't test so much. Like, we didn't, we ended up farming out the testing, which I think was a really valuable part of the process for farming us. Farming out the testing? Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of oh, sense. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. And we, we ended up getting one person who was fantastic, who comes, like, she, like, went to culinary school and stuff like that, and she did, like, I'm half listening. of the um, recipes, but she, she had done testing before, so I think she probably could, like, you know, give the proper feedback. Um, of a home cook. Yeah. And then the rest of the people were like straight up home cook volunteers that we just like had personal connections to who mm-hmm. did it for like, you know, reimburse groceries and for the fun of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And those were, that was really valuable because it was Y'all stuff like, where it's like Damn, sick. you know, like what is fenugreek or whatever? Or like, I don't know where to get like this. And like, you know, if you like live in LA and you don't know where to get this, then we need, that's a problem that we need to like, you know, address in the book. Right. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Those are those little things. That's smart. But yeah, I was involved in, in all of that, every every piece of it. And mostly it was just like getting together with Wes face to face and like going over stuff and we started with the recipes and like like I just did this interview with him um about our process, um, which will be on Vice Munchies sometime next week. Sick. And it What uh, up, Helen? It was like about hey Helen. Uh, yeah, we're talking about it's for Helen. <laughs> Double hey, Asian caller. Cool voice you just did, though. Hey, Helen. That's how I talk to her on the, when I'm pitching her stories. I'm like, hey, Helen. It's me. I'm so uh, sorry in uh, advance, but here I go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, phones are hard for you, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> phones are just that I'm a millennial. You can't figure it out. I'm a renaissance man. Gray lineal, baby. Gray lineal. Uh, but yeah, I was involved so what in every was step your, of the process. What was your process then? We we can just get a little bit of the munchies exclusive, right? Well, I mean, it was just like a lot of well, the munchies piece is about how like if you're going to deal with like a big personality chef and succeed in like having a long relationship with them and collaborating with them, mm-hmm. don't treat them like they're a big deal chef. Mm. Um, you know, like through this process, Wes and I became really good friends, and like he had to give up, you know, a lot of. He had to trust a lot and like go directions that maybe you wouldn't have anyway, and I think that that's why we have the book that we have, which I'm pretty proud of. I think I think you're gonna like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like for example, it's like in talking to Wes, like you know he has a really strong biographical story that has to do with like the early death of his mother when he was a teenager. She was the cook mm-hmm. in the family, um, mm-hmm. and like that kind of defines like every piece of him and certainly his food. 
But, I mean, he was a little resistant to, like, having that in the book at all at first. Mm -hmm. Um, But it ended up being, like, a super major part of it. And um, he's okay with it. People Mm -hmm. seem to like it. That's great. You know, it's like he still cooks, like, stuff that his mother made, like, at the truck, basically. Or that his, you know, aunt would bring over after his mother passed away. Or, like, what his father made him after his mother passed away. And so, Mm. like, those, that provides inspiration for the food that you get at his truck every day um Mm -hmm. so it felt material to the story yeah um yeah so our process was just like getting together and and chatting pretty much and i would go i would shadow him on the truck but like there's not much room on the truck i don't think anyone else necessarily liked having me on the truck that much although they were very hospitable but it was just like i was the baby cam in there i was just in the way because when you're in the truck it's the way nerd (laughs) oh guys Stop burning me. The oil is so hot. <laughs> yeah. So, what, then, when, so if you shadow man's on this on this truck, what are you what are you gaining from that? Just getting the spirit, the energy in the room. Well, just like how he Free feels food? a vegetable, like you know, like oh, okay. stuff like that. I mean, I think it's an opportunity to like watch and ask questions, like, and also try to you know think about translating it to the home experience, like where. You know, there are things that you can do even on a truck that you can't do at home. Um, but, of course, the truck actually has certain limitations that the home doesn't have either. Mm-hmm. And, like, a, a big part of a restaurant cookbook is getting it out of the kitchen that it's in, the food, mm-hmm. and getting it to work in your own kitchen. Um, and, like, asking the dumb questions, you know, just, like, salty as the sea. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, parboiling. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, take me through. How do you parboil? How do you know, you know... Mm-hmm. Level. How do you know when red meat is golden brown? Because I don't think it ever gets golden, <laughs> golden brown. brown. I think that's just something that has come into our cookbook language mm. that uh, is a fallacy. You know, like and the, the idea and the, of red meat being golden brown. I guess it could get golden brown. This is such a slippery slope of like, when does it end? What's those good picks in there, man? What's yeah, that? some good picks in there. There's some great picks in the yeah. book. Yeah, Dylan and Jenny did the photography. Shouts yeah, to Dylan and Jenny. Good. They're amazing. Um, the food looks great. Yeah, yeah the, looks the pick good. is important. To really show you, like, this is what it should look like. Right, yeah. And we tried to, they tried to, um, the photographers, Dylan and Jenny, um, make the food, like, you know, we didn't want it to be, like, super, like, studio setting. You -hmm. know, we wanted it to, like, actually look like something. And we didn't want it to, like, necessarily look like, you know, always in a paper boat that came off the truck either. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, like, the food is, like, kind of colorful and beautiful, but it's also, like, it's not highly composed. It's, like, kind of, you know rustically plated or mm-hmm. whatever i mean they're tacos yeah. um so yeah i think they did a great job perfectly rustic perfectly rustic <laughs> it's an oasis record no it's not yes it is <laughs> well um what is your favorite taco in the book that's a good question um I mean, the sweet potato taco is probably the most important taco in the book. It's it's uh, the only taco yeah. that Gorilla Tacos makes year-round. Um, and it has a really interesting story. This is another article that I'm writing for another website. Um, and then I'm done with Gorilla Tacos for a while. <laughs> uh, but the evolution of that dish is really interesting. Because it's like, after Wes's mom died, you know, Tia Ermelinda came over with, like, big, you know, Super A bags filled with... You, like basically like fried potato tacos, like a home style taco that you would not see anywhere else. Just like mashed potatoes rolled or folded over and fried in lard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the first potato taco that Wes ever ate. Um, you know, a year later, she stopped bringing over so much food and 
he didn't need another potato taco for 20 years because it's not something that you would necessarily get at a restaurant. Although I have had them at the place next to Footsies, have you guys? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Yeah. They, they have, uh, I think... El Atacor, exactly. number something, yeah. something, yeah. something. Yep. Number 17. 11. Um, but that taco, like, ended up, like, like, like you know, kind of came back in a, in a new iteration when he was working in fine dining because they were making at Le Comptoir a sweet potato soup. And for, like, staff meals, sometimes there would be extra, like, prepped potatoes that they weren't going to use or that he could use in staff meal. And he just started making, like, potato tacos and, like, thinking about mm. that first potato taco again. And then, like, the salsa changed. And then when he started the truck, he did, like, a super ambitious version that was more like the soup they made at Le Comptoir, which had, like, braised leeks and, like, goat cheese, but he was using Oaxacan cheese instead and, like, melting it, braising mm. the leeks at his apartment, like, the night before, you know, like, for hours. Sick. And it's just, like, super time and, you know, like, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of money to do that. And so then it became, like, more of, like, a workable version with, like, French feta and, like, fried corn for, like, texture instead of, like, almonds, which he was, like, using almonds, like, more of, like, a romesco sauce for a while. And so, like, it's, like, that's the iconic taco of Gorilla Tacos. And and the salsa now is kind of, like, chili to arbol, romesco, and, like, you know, like a green salsa, like a salsa verde, like tomatillo, like, all mixed together which is like a weird salsa, and it's like kind of more Spanish than it is Mexican in ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that dish did not just like, you know, come out of the clear blue sky. It's just like right. has this like long history, and like, you know, there's been many iterations, and like for the first like three years of him having a cart and a truck, it was like always changing. So I would start with that one because it's like mm-hmm. when people say like, what should I order? I'm just like, order the sweet potato taco and like and something else. two other things, yeah, or whatever. Like, but always that. And it's always on the menu, and it's always good. And it's an unlikely L.A. taco, because it's like Thanksgiving, basically, right. you know, in a taco. But it's served here year-round. It's, it's you, the definition of fall in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> no, you still want to eat it. Colors. Yeah. So beautiful. Is, are all of his dishes, like, sort of constantly evolving like that? Oh, yeah. It no, seems like so. it's a hard, like, it, that seems frustrating to write a, a, like, document these recipes down, and where you're just like... There's been 30 versions of it. Like, which one is the best one? Which one should be documented? Is it just the current one? Yeah, it's the current one. It's a snapshot. I mean, mm-hmm. like, the sweet potato taco happens to be in, in stasis at this point. But, like, everything else is, like, stasis. what's the best fish that I can get from Lux Seafood? Like, what's the most delicious-looking stuff at the farmer's market? When I came on, he was still changing the menu literally every day. So there were, like, five different things, uh, four different things and a sweet potato taco. Every single day. Now it's every week, but still, and like going back years, like, and that stuff wasn't written down. It's more like concepts and like, you know, like, like flavor pairings that like come up a lot. Um, and we dive mm. into that a little bit in the book. It's like sort of like how he approaches the tostada. And like we have tostada recipes too, but it's like just start with like any fish except for tilapia, just like <laughs> the best fish that you can get. Mm-hmm. And then like, then he thinks about like uh, fruit or um, and like texture like something sour spice and like it's all kind of like conceptually built it's like he says that it's more like baking in a way because it's Mm. it's more just like about like proportions and like the right things presented together like ratios yeah right yeah and Mm -hmm. like it's like less like riff oriented but like so they're, they're like conceptual approaches to things that come up in the book that i think are interesting but yeah it's just a snapshot of, and they're gonna have a restaurant soon, so like it'll change again, you know? Like, yeah, yeah that true. sounds exhausting. Yeah. What what part about writing a cookbook is the worst part? You get fatter. 
<laughs> I eat a lot of tacos. Um, I mean, it turns out that like a cookbook, even as people think, you know, like it sounds like a pretty sweet gig, but it's it's pretty hard to do. Yeah. Um, and like it's about all the sort of like social relationships involved, but also just like getting it right. Like I obsessed over the salsa for the the sweet potato taco, like because the color wasn't right. It just like wasn't right, and I, I would like wake up at night and think about it and like try <laughs> it again like the next day. Um, hmm. And I eventually like ended up upping the amount of roasted red peppers without telling Wes. Um, and I just told him this yesterday, and he was like, "You went behind my back and did that." And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like. Okay. And he was like, actually, there's a trick to that that I have never told anyone, and I didn't tell you, and it's not in the book, and it's never going to be. Whoa. Yeah. You told me off the record, so I can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't expect you to say Food that color. trick. Food color. Uh, Red number four. But how many drops? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, I think the hardest part is like getting the food right. Not that anyone's going to cook out of a cookbook. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> nah, that's not why bit. people buy cookbooks, I think. You know, I no, think just to have them around. Are yeah. you, are you, are, are you, once you finally nail that salsa, do you just never want to think about it again? Do you never want to yeah, eat I, it? Yeah, I like taking a break from that salsa for a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's maybe a, now that the book's out, it feels like we're entering a new era. Maybe I'll come back and make it for friends or something like that. But That is, I mean, it's great. To hear that anecdote and have him not be like, look, there's one thing I'm not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're just not going to hit the mark. But you can get the, you can probably get the flavor there or like something. Or like just, there might just be yeah. like, it might be off by a half percent, but you know, that's the trade secret. Yeah. It's like, you know, whenever people, you read about signature dishes done at restaurants and they're published in a magazine, like it's never exactly no. that dish. Like right. I know, I remember the, um, you get the Mark by Mark Jacobs version? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, M Cafe the did a line. video on how to make their Big Macro patty, which is like one of the most legendary veggie burgers Ooh. ever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's pretty close, but hell no, is that the recipe? Yeah. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, you'll look up a dish that maybe you made, that you had made off of like one website or from one publication, and it shows up in different iterations in other publications. Right. Um, like, I've done that where I've, like, made something. It was, like, six months before. And then I, like, went back to make it again. But I, like, ended up making it off of, like, Oprah.com. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> Same you know, thing. Like, yeah. Instead of, like, Jane Magazine or yeah. whatever. You know, like, so yes. it's completely different. And the Sweet Potato Taco has been written, like, so many times, like, by the right. time I came on. And I think that they're, like... A half dozen different recipes yeah. for it out there. Um, that's why you need so the ours cook- is the definitive. That's why one. you need the cookbook exactly. Yeah. When they're doing it for like L.A. Magazine exclusive, <laughs> like yeah. no, 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 you need the cookbook. <laughs> L.A. Times does a good job. I mean, they like they test it out pretty thoroughly, and they know what they're doing over there. Yeah, they think they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking. There, there's a listener, Truett Dietz. He he he's a he's a fan and a bro, and he was Hello. he was experimenting. With, uh, he's been smoking Stouffer's lasagnas as a <laughs> means of heating them and, and mm-hmm. cooking them. Mm-hmm. Such a sick idea. In the, mm-hmm. in the, don't they come like a in little container? Yeah, yeah. Smoke them in the container and then put yeah. it in the fridge and let it cool and then get all some grind. And then, <laughs> <laughs> is it aluminum? Or yeah, what? you're right. Uh, yes. He, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but you're not. Steel. You're like you're not going to be smoking over like 250 degrees anyway. It's going to be a so low like, temperature smoke. I mean, you know, leaching is leaching, my friend. I had a girlfriend. Leaching is leaching. I had. I love this story. 
Truett. Truett, you're going to get Alzheimer's. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but I had a girlfriend who worked at a fairly famous restaurant in Berkeley in like 2000. And they had one night of the week was their lasagna special. And like they would definitely have like full house wait. People would come in. Like half of the restaurant mm. was the same people eating lasagna, loving lasagna. Mm-hmm. And it was. It's an institution. Yeah, it was just Kirkland trays from Costco that they would buy and then throw some sauce on and, and throw it out. Fuck. And she was like, she was torn for like the year that she worked there. She was just like, I just feel so dirty every time I go home. And yeah. Like, it's awful. I yeah. would feel horrible. Yeah. And it probably tastes delicious. No, everybody, lo- I mean, so the, the flip side is like, if you don't know, you it's like, no you don't know that there's and you're, milk and you're and, leaving yeah. happy and you're like, mm-hmm. that was, that was so well worth the money. I'm coming back every week for the next two years. Yeah. They kind of go like, well, if they're happy, but then it's like also gross and dirty. Yeah, like it's an know, interesting conversation. If you know what's going on, like you've worked at a movie theater before. You're ha- like, you know, whatever's going on there is something's off. No. Oh, yeah. But you don't want, you don't want to know. <laughs> you're fine with it. <laughs> No, I mean, I think it's like the only argument is like you should give people the information, but at the same time, yeah, like not, not everybody wants to know how the sausage is made. They just yeah. want to have good lasagna and go From home. From now, smile. it's how the lasagna is made. Yeah, you don't want to know how the lasagna is made. Uh, Andre and I went and visited Rudy's Underground Barbecue, Bert at a craft beer brewery in Van Nuys. Yeah. Oh. Keys, keys. Was it McLeod? Was it called McLeod? Brewery? Yeah, I think so. McLeod, yeah. McLeod, and Van Nuys. Brewed fresh in Van Nuys is the motto. The <laughs> only thing brewed fresh in Van Nuys, apparently. <laughs> is they say it like that's a good thing. Not even tea. Fuck you, Van Nuys. We hate you. Um, I didn't say, uh, that's what I'm good, saying. There's good spots in Van Nuys. <laughs> there are good spots. Are Nuys. there? Well, there's that crispy rice salad, like uh, Sri Siam or something like that. Of course, Ridge Park Parks has a sensible selection yeah. in Van Nuys. That's, that's, that's where all the Syrian th- food is in Van Nuys, which I still have not gone to do. Which is born and raised, man. I saw that on Yelp, and I was trying to figure out what's the difference between Syrian food and just like Armenian food or Georgian food. Right. The answer is not much. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, like, I think you need the to. The answer get- is Van Nuys. <laughs> but, but, but when I hear, like, this is a Syrian restaurant, you're like, ooh, this is going to be an exotic and interesting. Uh, but I but I realized that I don't I don't know oh rice and skewered meat cool <laughs> but but being around all being around the whole craft beer movement thing isn't it it was interesting it was kind of like here's a bunch of people who are just like good dorky nice people they have a nice job and they have a family and they have a dog and they just live their craft beer life and you just hang <laughs> out at, at you just hang out at these places. that's what people do in Van Nuys sounds nice man. But so the the barbecue though the barbecue he had a line that was three hours long probably of yeah. people getting barbecue and it looked so good we we got a few flaps thrown to us so is it just walk up it or delicious. Like, how does it work you yeah you just yeah it's just walk up but I think I don't know if it was a if it's necessarily a one off but he oh he's not the brisket guy in the valley or whatever yes yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah but he does that he does it mostly out the of his guy house. In valley. That's and like then, his how many are there? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this was like he doesn't usually. Or my understanding from him is that he doesn't usually do it with something like a brewery or another restaurant. He, he'll do them sometimes, but the bulk of what he does is barbecuing, and then kind of by donation going to his house and grabbing it. This was with them, so this this was kind of like a very a 
Yeah, legitimate kind of like there was somebody with a POS system and three people taking orders and like a whole and full size. Yeah, a whole row of people and I think there were some people. He was doing most of the barbecue, but there were there was another mm-hmm. barbecue group or, or yeah, there, there was another name the, on the board that yeah. was like, oh, this so and so this. So I think he was doing it with somebody else. That I think they did the whole pig and then he did the ribs and the brisket and the hot links. Uh, or I could be wrong. Um, he definitely did the ribs and the brisket for sure. How do you feel about craft um, beer people? I I like them. I you know the ones that I've met. I don't know. I feel you like mean people I feel like, like working craft beer. No, no, no. no I've got a craft like beer friend, so people. I can say this. Enthusiast. No, I feel kidding. like it's a nah, special. Nah. I feel like it's like its own special type of person. And and it's a good. It's not a bad thing. It's just a. They've carved out a unique. Like oh, I can no. just tell if they're a craft beer ass. Dude, you know? I mean, I guess. <laughs> it's not just the beard, but it's it's the way the beard smells. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, of course there's a beard in play. Yeah, but there's nuance to the beard. It's a special kind of fella. It takes I can't put my finger on it. If you And lady. If you, no. Oh, no. my God. No. <laughs> if the beard is a prerequisite, oh, it can't be a women, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, can women even wear kilts? <laughs> yeah, there are people wearing kilts. The kind of at guys the, who at the Van Nuys Brewery yeah. who worked there, no, or was it just like this just is our fans. scene? Like, yeah. yeah, the kind of people who are like, and not like separate groups of kilt wearers. So there was right. like a couple there, a couple over there. It wasn't like one group of kilt wearing folk. Gang, gang, yeah, yeah, kilt click. We Maybe left before there was blood in the streets. If you're, if you're like, I, I need to wear my kilt somewhere this weekend, desperately craft beer event is is you're going to be welcomed there mccloyd's in van nuys <laughs> right <laughs> i had a beer it was good we hung out with andy from bub and grandma's yeah um i'm really just bringing the meat dog and friendly. bread people together lenny cruised i'm never going back to van nuys let's be honest guys no i think i mean <laughs> it was one of those things where it reminded me unless i have a court date you know yeah. sorry go ahead priors it reminded me like there's such a tradition of waiting in line for barbecue going yes. back to yeah, no kidding, Austin huh? and Texas and kind of anywhere I've ever been that is acclaimed to have good barbecue. It's the line waitingest food out it is, right yeah, now. It yeah. is. And you even at a wedding. And you're staring, you're watching like <laughs> it's not being it's like cooked to order. Like you're yeah, watching right. all these people in the line and there's seven people on on like pop up tables just like chopping and throwing on your plate and like there you go see ya and yet there's like the line never moves there's a lot of talking and a, oh, and a pick and I agree. It's and so, even if you just go to like I'm going to this barbecue place in Williamsburg and you just order it, it just always takes barbecue people are slow but I'll say it Pet Sal but <laughs> yeah you go to Fat Sal and you're like why is this taking so fucking long you guys so I had um <laughs> Yeah, tired. so that was the second time when done. he when Bert came on, he brought beef ribs and they were incredible. But got to have his brisket for the first time and ribs for the first time, and I I think it's the best barbecue I've definitely had in L.A. Mm-hmm. Facts, like by a lot, mm-hmm. so, by not kind of like where you kind of your eyes roll in the back, like and you're like uh, is, like there was not a lot of debating or, or internal conversation. It was like oh, this is the best I've ever had here yeah. mm-hmm. for sure. Hands down. Yeah. So. Are you guys... Um, Thumbs down. Are you guys aware of the, the no straw movement that's going on? Mm-mm. Like no plastic? Yeah, like 
There's, there's I'm a with lot, that. There's a lot. Of, you're, you're with it already. Yeah. He's already sold. I haven't even explained it yet. Yeah. I give him a little business card. <laughs> Have you seen those business cards? No. I don't know who produces them or even if this is a thing that a lot of people have, but I've seen it online where it's just like you put a business, when you sit down at the table, you put like a business card down and it says like, kindly like bring no plastic to this table. I am like politically holier than thou or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Like, you know, like don't give me the straw with the water basically. Right. But So you don't have to bring it up in conversation. I guess the server is supposed to notice it and I don't know. I don't think it really got off the ground. Stewie, did you ever see that? Highly passive aggressive. All right, first idea ahead. for Stew Podcast matchbooks. It's hard to use plastic with broken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if we see you with the straw, it's fucking. It's a wrap for you. It's quiet. Yeah, you're getting you. the grocery divider. All right, so let me down for oh, no. to ten every, cases. Every <laughs> every single day, half of a billion straws are thrown away. Yeah, that's. Crazy, yeah, and they're probably wrapped in plastic. They're plastic straws wrapped in plastic, paper, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I want to go after Keurig. Yeah, oh, a lot, of people, a lot of people. Wasteful. Wasteful. Oh, really? The worst. Oh, yeah. I also I'm not just the don't first like on it. that. Have you guys heard of Seattle? It's really nice up there. <laughs> yeah. Is that like NorCal? Yeah. Um, yeah, Keurig, get it out of here. But I've always been. Uh, I've always not really been that much of a straw guy myself. Ah. But like if I get a soda, I prefer drinking it lip lip contact. I don't want to straw it up. I want to feel it touch my lips and tingle on my yeah, I tingle on my lips. I think to a degree this is a gender thing because aren't straws also a big part of like lipstick? Yes. Yes. And that's like you straws know. are a big part. Um, or the glass, or, or, like, or lips, or the reason why yeah, a girls lot of people use straws use, is like lipstick, and they put on like their face, and because they, you can avoid the good. lips and with the straw, or something. Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't it's know not, how it doesn't it works. get wiped off on the glass. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. It minimizes yeah. the removal of, and also minimizes the discoloration on dentures with coffee drinkers. That's why they use straws. Oh, oh. They buy, they buy oh. Past the teeth. I swear to God, like zero sarcasm. Oh, like the That's little, the tiny yeah. coffee straw. No, the regular. You can fit it. You can fit that a uh, regular straw into the little to-go spout. No problem. That's not. It seems hard, but you just pinch. Oh it yeah, it's drinking hot common. coffee through a straw just sounds like punishment. You let it cool yeah. off a little bit. I just but don't it's know. Like any cool down a little bit. Hot, hot things in plastic. They, it's sketchy. Unless it's yeah. a certain grade, you know, it goes of course, all like wobbly. a container. Dude, well, then you like got it goes so bad for you. But the to-go <laughs> wobbly. The to-go thing is hard, right? If yeah, you're trying to take something without a lid and a straw, if you're going, like, <laughs> oh, charge, yeah. just charge them for it, like bags, I, I like grocery stores. So what, what are we going to do about this, Jason? There's the people are there a, a lot. Like I think James Franco is like is the the biggest celeb who's in charge. But there's like multiple organizations. A lot of it's people. It's so hard to take him seriously. <laughs> Sorry, of course, he dug it on grave. Yeah. Of course, his his hot ass is is anti straw. But like, you know, just trying to. <laughs> I didn't know it was such a big. That's so many straws. I don't know what it's, we're gonna do it about it. But you know, sense. just spread straw awareness. I throw a lot away. But day. it's weird. Like now that I saw that, I every time I see and use a straw, I'm like, damn, straw. But straw is also straw. so lame. So for the listeners out there, too. yeah, the yeah, landfill thing, and then like yeah, animals. Ocean. Get it? Yeah, they think it's food. It gets what, like what washed. drink was formerly in this empty plastic cup with a plastic lid and a plastic? You already straw. know what time it is. It's a iced matcha almond latte. <laughs> <laughs> Maru, from Maru, I splurged. Wow, treat yourself. Oh, they're so good. I usually don't splurge. I mean, I don't even like matcha, but I just get it. 
good for you. It just makes me feel like I'm doing something good for me. It's good for today. For this Much shot. like uh, a dish that Andre made uh, a few days ago. That is my favorite thing that I ate all week. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you like cold watermelon that much? <laughs> I like it. What'd you make, Andre? Cold watermelon's good. He made it so good. On a hot day, forget about it. As of salt. Uh, Frozen stop it. Damn. What, you're against? No, no, no. I'm, I mean, I, I'm against salting fruit. Yeah. No. Yeah. What? Why? I don't salting like watermelon is... I'm, I'm on the... F- Always. Depends. Always depends salt. on how much... Depends on where my sodium level is at that day. Yeah. But mm. I don't dislike it. Dial it in. I'm not sometimes I'm just like, sometimes I need to not have I it on my fruit. I don't want fruit in my salad. I use good salt. And I don't want fruit covered in salt or spicy shit. Not do you covered. want fruit salad? You like the spicy I salad, I do want bro? fruit salad. <laughs> How do you feel about marshmallows in a fruit salad? Oh, what in the hell? I hate I marshmallows. I've never always. heard of that. Oh, really? Ever. Get the fuck out of I've here. I've heard of it. Oh, we're the same. I don't like Come marshmallows on. at all. They've messed up my mouth. No, I actually don't like this at all. I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> there's, that, there's that throat rattle there's we were that waiting cackle for. I, wanted. I don't like marshmallows. They mess up my mouth. Is that a laugh that only a twin can? I guess, yeah. Pull out of another twin. I fucking hate marshmallows. I, I only like them in a s'more. So what did Andre make? Andre made a chicken tagine with a very Ooh. aromatic rice. Yeah, that sounds great. But his ma- the rice was. Uh, I've been talking to Andre about it all week long because it had. I can't. I, I, because not only did it taste good, but it made me feel like a certain way. I had oh. like a weird connection with this rice but he made it were you stoned no i was not that's too bad sucks to be you (laughs) fuck nerd (laughs) i'm i'm high right now don't worry hello mother so i ate uh i'm not i'm just kidding and i've never tried it but it it was like it was rice that you did you did like your spanish rice method of doing the dry toast did you? You already talked about this on the pod, right? Or did, yeah, you, or did yeah. we talk about it off pod? Call back. Uh, yeah, I think I talked about it a week or two ago. But it was just I don't know. I think it was like the best thing we ate. But I didn't really have anything. That right. was the best thing I ate. It was, but it was more like kind of like oh, but this he, is a really cool thing that I toast the rice process that I've never been dry done before. for like uh, twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. Yeah, fifteen minutes. It That's smells almost like popcorn. Like by the mm-hmm. time it like goes in, mm-hmm. and then this one I tried to do because I baked it before, and this one I saw someone mentioned they tried doing it in a rice maker to make it even easier, mm-hmm. which is what I did this time. But so doing the same technique, but I wanted I was making an Asian dish that tagine, so I did kefir lime and then smashed lemongrass like in the rice maker mm. with half coconut milk, half water. So mm. it's like it was like for a cup of dry rice, it was like maybe a little over a cup. Oh my god! Um, a little Mr. over Airplane a cup mode. of liquid. So it was like for three cups. I think it came out like I put in probably three and a quarter cups of liquid. But so you just mm-hmm. a little oil in the pan and toast the rice for like fifteen minutes. It's almost gonna look not black, but you're gonna be like that's very golden yeah, brown. That's very no, Richard. D- Dark brown, like, Wait, like on oh, rice, oh. I can imagine. Like, oh, like, uh, like dirty and then it, brown. then it lightens when it cooks, so it doesn't look as dark. Oh, that makes sense. But so that went in um, with garlic wow. and some shallots and some things. What else was in there? Some star anise pods, and then add the liquid in the pan that you're toasting the rice with, and bring it to a boil, and then just dump that straight into a rice maker and just hit white rice and cook, and then it cooks in like ten minutes. 
Um, and it's uh, the, the thing, the huh. texture of the rice is incredible, but also the separation of the rice is That's really good. incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, it, but it's also, I don't know, it's definitely not, I mean, it feels very much like a rice dish and not just a neutral white rice. So mm-hmm. it's definitely not like the last way you'll make rice. But, motherfucking but it, off. Yeah, but it turns it into definitely a dish, which is nice without a lot of work. But it was one of those things like I opened the rice cooker lid and like you put your face into it. It's it's like you just went to like an like you opened the door of an Aesop store on a hot day and you're just like, Oh yeah, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like that opened up and it was like it was like a a perfect steam shower and I can just feel it all going in my body, like, oh this is gonna be so it's gonna taste great and make me feel good. It was it was it was just a wonderful vibe. And so then, it was the rice, not the tagine. Well, it was the total package, but the yeah. rice alone was just a, was a slam dunk. The tagine was really good. It was like chicken, apricot, butternut squash, yeah, pistachios, pistachio, and some like, lime. This is your tagine. Yeah, all this wild stuff. It was Ooh. a recipe from uh, Milk Street. Milk Street. Okay, cool. But the and then bad. it had like this that weird condiment on top that you had, but the. What was that? That was lime zest, toasted crushed pistachio, and something else. Yeah, it was it was funky. Toasted, but garlic. then the the best part, which was a random audible, you had some leftover bub and grandma's bread. Oh yeah, I forgot about and that. And you made these kind of really thick, really dark croutons, like as brown as you can get before you're hitting black zone. Like you would like what you would make before you toss a panzanella salad. Yeah, just like, a real. They were meaty. <laughs> Ass crouton and big boys too. Yeah, it was like two and then inch, two and you just made those croutons. before the bread was going to turn. Yeah, sprinkled that on. So it was like a mushy rice, mushy tagine, and then these fat ass, really salty little crunch bombs all up in there. Oh man, it was a wild dish. Yeah, I was gonna. I forgot. I was gonna tell Andy I did that. So I was yeah. Like, this was great. He should he should sell those croutons that yeah. you make. Shit, great. I mean, like he can't he can't. Sell is, I mean, like the br- there's nothing to make croutons oh, yeah. out of by the time yeah. Andy's he's, done he's baking. He's not sitting on day. Yeah, no, there's no day olds for bubs. It's no right day olds over here, I mean, dog. There's stuff that came off that was a little, like not quite right. Maybe Shut up, Stewie. If it wasn't beautiful, <laughs> um, Stewie, just, stop so, fucking defending oh, him. logistics. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stewie, what was the best thing that you ate all week? I'm torn. Uh, beverage is I'm really strong. Ooh, bless me that. with the bev. I'm gonna give you two. Oh, first, be quick. The the beverage is because we talked about Maru is their chai latte. Not to be confused with chai tea latte. <laughs> oh, chai latte, and it comes in this beautiful ceramic. It's essentially an urn, like a like a cremation urn. I swear <laughs> to God, it looks like an urn. It has like the top to it and everything. Um, and you look down, and it's just this perfectly placed uh, star anise. Mm. And and it's uh, wonderfully sweet, but not too sweet and spicy. You can taste everything distinctly, and it's mm. the perfect temp. That's what I love. Like a really good cortado to me, which I had. Uh, I guess I had three things at a was it uh, Cafe Dulce in in Little Tokyo. They mm-hmm. make the perfect temp for the cortado because you could just down it. It's like warm mm-hmm. uh, warm and it's not hot and it's not cold it's just warm and it's yeah. so good Is it, do you think there's an italian word for that the perfect drinkable temperature of milk? <laughs> molto bene uh <laughs> just right um sorry uh 
I'm done. <laughs> okay, and then, so as, and then, yeah. So and when you open the lid of that it comes, chai urn, I don't know why. Did you bury your nose in it and take a big old I whiff? Did sounds no. not unlike my rice cooker scenario. Exactly. Yeah, but it was because it's not so hot. It doesn't take have a the big old whiff of that urn. It doesn't have yeah. a heavy nose because it's not that hot. There's no steam coming off of it. Is that that's not the first time you've took taken the lid off of an urn and took a big old whiff, is it, Stewie? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you little crib keeper. Did that in Mississippi. Well, what about food wise? Crib keeper. How else are you gonna find uh, yourself? Get access to the Eve. urns that you need. Jesus, please. <laughs> he oh needs God. the urns. That's a job that not everyone wants, but if you have that fetish. <laughs> My kink, earn play. <laughs> and then the Escalar. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> <This is> so- <laughs> Woo, we got punchy the on the stew. Oh, the Earn Keeper is such a good name. Good you see, when's Stewie coming back on the pot? Oh, you mean Earn Keeper? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait, is he the Earn Keeper or the Crypt Keeper? <laughs> a Crypt Keeper. What's the dude what do you- that came out with, with Undertaker? Tales he had the-, the Earn? No, oh. me. With the so Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. Yeah. <laughs> Fat and Roy gentlemen. Orbison character. Yep. <laughs> a lot of those. Well, you look like a Fat Roy Orbison. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Much <laughs> respect. Crip Keeper voice. Rest in peace. Halloween's just around the corner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dead. Stewie, what was the best thing that you could crunch on that you had this week? Wasn't much of a crunch, ironically. Uh, es- Escalar Crudo at Alimento. Mm. Escalar crudo at Alimento. It's, yeah, it, it sounds like it, code word it for something. Tastes like fish, but doesn't taste like fish. It's so soft. It's the the smoothest, softest, like melt your mouth fish I've ever had. Describe Escalar to us I for. Can't. I've never had it another way. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> I can't. It's, it's weird. <laughs> Richard, do you know the characteristics of an Escalar? I've never seen the fish. I just it's a perfect chunk. It looked like a chunk of jicama. There's like the strangest white. It was no, a it's, a mild, it's a mild white fish. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you, Andre. Uh, there we go. Yeah. No, Jesus. <laughs> it's a mild white fish. Uh, I assume the texture is velvety on the tongue. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, and then yeah, not that velvety. It's weird. It's like really, really soft. Velvety. In a different way. Not like a, it's it's weirdly because it comes with like a eggplant puree. Is it, it kind of go? It's like a not no. not it. Yeah. We're looking at a photo of the. Uh, of the, cr- of yeah. the dish. Everyone has the internet. Is that your look photo? It up. Or this photo's a little that... low res. Do you have a better one? Yeah, it's, it's swipe left. Egg- I'm just kidding. Silly goose. So the eggplant crudo elemento. This is a lot going on here. Yeah, it's very, very So good. eggplant puree with the raw fish. Yeah, and but it's a mine big wasn't chunk. puree this time. It was eggplant like uh, roasted off and a really kind of like hmm. a nice char to it. I guess it's but okay soft. if everyone just changes the recipe whenever they want. Why would you not? It's fun. <laughs> I have a When you hit perfection... It is fun. Yeah. You tweak fun. it. You keep looking for the best way. Oh, You know, the journey never right. ends. Yeah, man. So are you saying Just it's wait. not about the destination? We get back to the not salt here. The Do you never salt your smoothies? <laughs> no. Oh, you got to have a little salt. It's amazing. Yeah. Salt your real. smoothie. Ah! Like, okay, like say you add cinnamon to a smoothie. You, you add salt and then the cinnamon pops. It's really, really good. Like cinnamon with like a... I don't add cinnamon like to my smoothie either. It's really good. I have a salt problem. Oh, I just I'll eat salt salt. it on salt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, while I'm cooking, I'll just eat salt. Yeah. So you I just can't salt full. everything, Daddy. I gotta yeah. watch my intake. Salter's anonymous mm. for sure. Yeah, if you give this guy an inch, he'll take a yard. Ooh, I just copped the smoked, and they're about the smoked Malden. Smoke Maldi? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crucial. I made a, a mean tuna salad with you it. You put Sorry. that in your smoothie I heard the too, tuna you salad fucking freak. Last week, you <laughs> sick fuck. Uh, <laughs> I would. 
Crypt, I would. Crypt Keeper smoke salt. <laughs> the Crypt Keeper would have a smoke smoothie, you freak show. <laughs> hey, man, it tastes good. It tastes good. Yeah, it, Truett, are you listening? You think smoking your Stouffer's is a big deal? Smoke Who's your Truett? smoothie and then call me. Is Truett just someone who, like, tweeted yeah. at you, or is this yeah. a... No, he's he's a he's a person that I'm friends with on social media okay. who's a uh, a strong supporter of the stew and him and I will like chat uh chat online with the, about uh, his projects through social nice. media and he'll be like, "Hey, what are you doing here? I got this idea. We'll bounce stuff off each other." And that. and then but his name never gets old to me. Yeah, it's a good name. True it. True. What's his last name? Deets. <laughs> D I E T Z. Deets. Name a yeah, name. Deets. Name a name that rolls off the tongue worse. I know a Deets. You know a Deets. I got a Deets. You got a Deets. Sure. Curb your enthusiasm. Enthusiasm <laughs> came came back on the air a couple weeks ago. If you couldn't tell by our Seinfeldian banter that's going on. Yeah. One of my <laughs> best friends from college, you have a Deets? who I, I moved Deets. out to <laughs> LA with, his mom's maiden name was Deets, spelled the same way. Lydia Deets is also the that's the family in uh, Beetlejuice. Truett is loving this portion of the Another podcast right now. Keeper poll. We've got the Beetlejuice <laughs> reference. <laughs> All right. Beetle right. guys. There you go. Beetle guys. guys. Okay. I said it wrong. <laughs> you would know. I don't even think Truett is still listening at this point. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? This is good. Okay. Let's see if you can. This is good. This is good. Let's see if we can pull this ship and steer it around back on course. What's the best thing that you had you all day, Richard? Let's go all Necro- day. Necromancer. The pressure well, is on. <laughs> all day. I guess it was the uh, PB and J sandwich that I made no, on the no, way no, no. over here. Not all day. All, all week. week. All week. All week. I'm you sorry. You said all day, listen. Master of Ceremonies. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. As if you couldn't all tell, week. things have gotten a little off. Was I at your restaurant this week? Yes. Well. I think that the best thing that I ate this week was what was provided by my friend Chris Stewart. Mm-hmm. Hi. Because I came in and... I also went into Badmash oh, really? in the last week. I did a solo, sat at the bar, had the dirty Sprite. Yeah, you had did. Had the, the Lamburger. Yeah, loose. was good. I, I, was, I was going out, actually, afterwards, and it was like 9 o'clock, which is like very rare for me. So Stewie recommended, but I was, I was pretty hungry. Mm-hmm. So he recommended having the Lamburger, which... Set me up perfectly, and then that what is that? The, I had the, like the chickpea chop? dish, yeah, yeah, it's chickpea beans. Oh, chickpea, chickpea beans! beans. Yeah. There, you, you were served chickpea beans at an Indian restaurant. That's right. That sounds on par. <laughs> um, Yogurt, mint chutney, tamarind chutney. Yeah, I mean, I think that that was my, my my favorite food experience this week, probably. Oh, I don't know. I had grilled tacos last night. I love grilled tacos too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But so, the so PB&J like sandwich I will tell you about because it, it has this beautiful, I should have brought some over for you guys, preser- peach preserves made mm. by my girlfriend, Caitlin, Dang. with oh, Prosecco out yeah. of my friend Kevin West's book, Saving the Season. Shout out to Saving the Season. So your girlfriend makes peach and Prosecco preserves? Yeah, he was commissioned. I, I, I said, check out this recipe in Saving the Season. Because, I'm saying that's, that's yeah. a nice situation to be oh, in. Oh, no, I'm very lucky. We get, we get two farm boxes. Oh, you do? We're very domestic. Humble brain. Yeah. Mm. They keep coming. One once a week and one every other week. So you got the, the blue apron and then what's the other one that you got? The <laughs> <Your> blue apron. <laughs> we get, well, it's, it's Farm Box LA, but it rebranded as Grub Market. No, um, no. Grub no. Market? They that's have beautiful a, produce. It's that's great. like that restaurant that's called Market Provisions. Every time I drive by, I'm like, oh, I've what been a there. fucking name I, is I, Market Provisions. That, I always say that's like calling your restaurant food restaurant. Or a chai tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or chai tea. Yeah. Thank you. Or the in Glendale, my favorite 
business name of all time, <laughs> Savak Haircut Store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Savak Haircut Store. Uh, barbershop, eh, haircut store. Haircut store. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so if you're listening, market provisions, a hex on your name. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. It's really hard running a restaurant, so good luck Stu, to you let's make there. it official. <laughs> Crypt Keeper this shit. <laughs> Crypt me out. God damn <laughs> Your days are done, market provisions. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe the crib keeper could come and like give like a not like a plaque, but like a tiny little urn that like you open up and there's like maybe some, <laughs> that's some your, dry ice in there. That's or your star it's rating. It's the perfect month for this. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, you've yeah. been crib kept. Yeah, yeah. It's not a it's not a five star meeting or a, a oh, three punk. Michelin star. It's how much smoke comes out of the urn. Like, if only a little smoke comes out, they're like, oh, he didn't hit the marks. <laughs> but if it's a real there? smoke show, yeah. Yeah. oh, buddy, the reservations <laughs> How are... many nails in the coffin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Stewie, yeah, you, you should quit your job in the food world and just get, <laughs> get into freelance hexery. I've been cribbing since I was two, baby. Come on now. <laughs> You've been cribbing for a while now. Uh, all right, Andre Cuz, uh, best thing that you ate all week. Would you consider this off the rails at this point? Or no, this no. Is, I'd okay. say very on brand. Is, I think we're just getting back. Yeah, getting I think the, the, we're getting I think it's nice to have Stewie back because it got a little bit psychedelic. Like I feel like I just yeah. took too much melatonin and woke up at two in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, what? All I see is textures. Yeah. R- R- uh, Richard got a little contact high yeah. off of our spirituality. It's just once a week. Andre, bad. what was your fave? Uh, the Do pork. not try to steer this podcast. <laughs> <from> <laughs> <one track. laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I gotta go back to work. I've, sometimes I forget that Richard's a very good at podcasting. Like, we're really good at podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, scary good. Yeah. Andre, best thing you had all week? The pork rib from um, Trudy's Barbecue. Yeah. Mm. I believe mm. that. Because he has superior meats, butcher those racks, and I just like, there was, it was such a beautiful amount of of rib meat on there Mm -hmm. it was like two ribs but going high instead of wide i mean there was just like i don't know how many of those you could eat but um definitely the best thing i ate Mm -hmm. and it was just and just eating it dry no sauce yeah i mean they're i mean there's a rub there's a heavy rub rub, but Mm -hmm. yeah they're served without sauce slather free yeah not necessary it was good i also ate it i Mm -hmm. took a picture lenny had a little bit too no Lenny liked it. I tried to get your dog to eat the rib on the street, and you were reluctantly against it. Which <laughs> means you passed the good doggy dad test. Well, it's like cooked ribs, especially I have a higher chance of splinter. So mm. if it was a raw, I'd throw him a raw rib. Is it true that Lenny has like somehow in the course of this podcast taken the cone off of? His I, t- own I just head? took oh, I just okay. took the cone off yeah, underneath okay. the table because I he needed a little break. Yeah, Lenny knows how to take the cone of shame off. Like when you see the <laughs> and put it back on, and like, put it back on right as he hears me come in. He's like, <laughs> you know, when you see like the al- the octopus that can like turn the light switch off. It's sh- kind of shit like that. Yeah. Animals, man, they're crazy. It's um, secret lives of pet shit going on. Secret in this lives house. of pet shit going on. <laughs> Richard, thank you so much for doing this great podcast, guys. Another classic episode of the Stew in the Can. This one. I'm just so glad that we could do it for uh, a, a four hour special edition. When do we start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a two-parter. It was We're one hour. Split this in half. Oh, really? It was, it was a solid li- one. It was a little bit over an hour. About one twenty. We packed a lot in. Uh, Richard, Always. what's your social media? If people want to check out your good food picks, it is at 
Richard Parks, unfortunately. <laughs> Richard uh, spelled R-E-E. It's Richard Parks, yeah, with two E's instead of an I. Yeah, there are three That's in front of you. That's what I ended up with because of all the other kinda, Richard Parks. Uh-huh. It sounds kind of crypt keep rich. Richard Parks, I, yeah. I applaud you. I applaud you <laughs> having a cute play on words for your name when you had to... Uh, when you had to kind of make a, a side move and you didn't just be like the real Richard Parks or something like that. <laughs> or like Richard Thank Parks you. food guy. You know? Hello, this is Richard is my Gmail. But so I like you, that we're all giving have, out our email address. You have your mother's email address and my email address on the I show. I might be wrong. I don't, Andre, what's your mom? email address? <laughs> I do still, uh, yeah. No, what, are the last, what, what are the last four of your social, Jason? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah, follow 69, him. 69. Richard Parks uh, on, on social media has got great stuff. And you, he's got great stuff on the net. He's uh, very huge in the cookbook world. It's great. Content. Uh, but check out the Gorilla Tacos cookbook that's available now. And you should go to Now Serving in Chinatown. Yes. Thank you for bringing that. November 5th, we have an event at Now Serving, too. Oh. Wes and I are going to be at Now Serving on November 5th. And we're going to be at the Edendale branch of the LA Public Library on November 20th. That's and we're doing something at Silver Lake Wine. Fucking nerd. And my sister might be doing a special release limited edition of this hat that Wes's dad is wearing in a photograph in the book. Oh, that's a that good hat. That reads, no cerveza, no trabajo. <laughs> so stay tuned on my social media. What? Or email me, I guess. <laughs> and if you live in LA, Grill Tacos is at Silver Lake Wine every Thursday. Every Thursday night? And they, they, that they can. I mean, I think once in a while, rarely. Oh, it's, it's, it's regular. It's pretty it's steady, yeah. right? Thursday night, Silver Lake Wine, 6 to 9. And then lunch service throughout the week at different locations. Yeah. Nice, Black nice Top Coffee, yeah. Cognizante, and that's, Friend of the Pod. Yeah, and that's done at Silver Lake Wine with a wine tasting every time, too. So it's so a lot worth of, it. Yeah, Get the tacos, bring them inside, do a flight of wine. Nobody nom, gets nom, hurt. Nom. That's right. Have some laughs with Follow your girlfriends. Follow Jason Stewart on uh, <laughs> <laughs> jeans. Thank you. Across the- Andre Conoparo has no social media. You can go to the stewpodcast.com where the, all the episodes live. You can follow Chris Stewart at Stu Stewart on Instagram. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> Soon to be Crypt Keeper. <laughs> yeah, Tales from the Stew. Tales from the Stew. See you guys next week. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>